dangerously close. This episode is brought to you by William Micheladio. Now, I could tell you all about William Micheladio, but I'm sure you would rather hear me sing about it. So, here's a little song I wrote about William Micheladio, and I'm sure it will explain everything. I'm not a perfect person. There's many things I wish I didn't do. But I continue learning. I never meant to do those things to you. And so I have to say before I go That I just want you to know That William Mitchell Audio Is a company that you can go to At William Mitchell Go to williammitchellaudio.com. I'm going to do my uh, my vocal warm-ups. <clears throat> do you believe in magic? Mushrooms, and I hope you do. Lion face, rah! Lemon face, mm. Lion face, rah! All right. Do you want to do one? I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk in Scottish, and then I'll go into a London accent. I can talk like that. I can be Londoner. I could probably do another Ooh. accent too. <laughs> dude, dude, do a do a uh, do a Peaky Blinder. A Peaky oh Peaky Blinder oh mate I, I can I'll take it I'll I'll rip you apart if you come on my lair again. Then I, uh, I I found this crazy love for that show because uh, I had gotten a surgery last year and it was yeah. like a, it was an abdominal surgery so I was like fucked up on the couch couldn't do shit and I discovered that TV show. And man, like I don't know if I've ever binged a TV show quite like I watched that one because I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do or go anywhere because yeah. I couldn't. I could like getting up and going to the bathroom was like an arduous journey. So I was up in Peaky Blinders hardcore, man. I haven't finished it yet, but yeah, uh, that's usually the case though because like I um I did that with Game of Thrones. I I was sick, you know. I'd, I'd like two days or something like that. I was real sick. Oh, I'll start watching this. I'll see what these people are talking about. This Game of Thrones thing. I started watching it, and like I was invested for about a week, <laughs> just laid there on the couch <laughs> watching it. <laughs> and that was it forever on. You had to watch it till the end, like a bad book. <laughs> that was the problem with uh, that. Is yeah, I got into it too. We meant it. You know, you would just be disappointed if you go to the end because the end fucking <laughs> what Mate, a fucking letdown. I know. I was like. Yeah, I was blown away. There's just too many. Yeah, it, it, like because it started off and it it was like a teaser as such because the first few series was like it was always um you know, there's always loads of sex and loads of fighting and drinking and stuff like that. So it kind of you like wow, can't wait. There's going to be all this going on, you know. And then and then it just got tamer and tamer and tamer. <laughs> and then it just kind of like got and then it just didn't make sense, even though you know it's not reality, but. You were like, that would never happen, you know? Like, uh, there was a bit, I remember in the last series, there was the bit where I kept forget the the night, 
the one who was always shagging his sister, the one who <laughs> where they they were they were all going down there. They were going towards the big dragon or something like that, and the the dragon shot out his massive flame and he jumps into the water and he's in full full night gear and uh and he, like the water was only that deep but when he fell in it was like he'd gone into a massive chasm of water he'd like gone really deep into the water and then he swam right across this river in his full night gear and i was like man i know there's i know dragons are not real but that's not really <laughs> he'd never be able to do that <laughs> fucking hey dude my guest today is glenn colchin Glenn Colchin is a New Zealand-based engineer and artist that has recently transferred to full-time artist, but he uses his engineering background to help conceptualize, design, and create amazing sculptures. Some say he creates the best sculptures in New Zealand. Some say he creates the best sculptures on earth. I knew the only way to find out was to talk to him on my Views of My Own podcast, where we value wisdom above all else what's up glenn uh, what's up well this is gonna be really short yes i am the best in new zealand right that's it period <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for being on the show man hope you have a good day speaking of new zealand did you know it's a uh, it's illegal to name your baby adolf hitler in new zealand Really? Yeah. Oh well, that's 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 okay for my dog then. I'll just call it Adolf. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I did not realize that. Huh. I you know I found that uh, inadvertently, even before uh, it, it popped in my mind. I found it googling other ship. You know how the internet is like in that rabbit hole. Yeah. And, you find other, and so I found this this list of illegal baby names, and it's mm. but it's based on like if there has been a precedent in courts. So like someone, yeah. someone in New Zealand tried to name their baby Adolf Hitler and the, and the court system in New Zealand uh, shut him down, said he can't do it. So that's what that list yeah. is based on. And I thought, man, right. like maybe for like a, a little warm up, just to get like our, uh, the blood in our brains flowing, I would do like a little uh, game where I'll tell you an illegal baby name and then you try and yeah. guess which country it's illegal in. Oh, go on, then go for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> All right, this is a good one, man. Uh, and also, man, I'm not trying to trick you, but I'm going to go ahead and let you know some of these illegal baby names are also in New Zealand. So, oh, sweet. Okay. Uh, you just got to figure out, like, you know, you live there, man. You you know what the uh, the people over there th- like think and what they'll what you'll, let they'll let you do. Yeah, first, yeah. first illegal baby name, anal. Oh. Yeah. That's got to be in some sort of Christian country. It's illegal uh, in New Zealand. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, I the, the website actually goes into depth about like what the why the courts decided it, but apparently it yeah. was like they're like this is there's like certain things they go by where like this will cause this person unnecessary har- unnecessary hardship in their life. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's that, a good one. Going back to the Adolf Hitler one, it, what was the, the what was the thinking behind that? I know, yeah. Other than he caused atrocities and all this stuff, but what was the was somebody who tried it? I think. Well, uh, so Adolf Hitler, you can't name your baby Adolf Hitler in Germany, obviously. New Zealand. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say. Uh, I, I know also Mexico. And another country, like another country you wouldn't expect really would care. Like yeah. I want to say, say Portugal, but yeah. Uh, anyway, 
Let me knock out some more uh, of these baby names, man. We're, like, we're getting warmed up. Yeah, we're getting go, go. our brains ready to really think. Uh, next one, you, you might be able to guess this one. It's called, uh, this illegal na- baby name is Bonghead. Bonghead? Bonghead? <laughs> what the hell are those? I'm going to go UK. Uh, it's, it's your pals down under, man. Australia. Oh, You're not allowed to name your baby Bonghead. Bonghead. That's <laughs> oh, funny, eh? All right, here we go. This baby name is illegal, and it's called Mafia No Fear. Mafia, oh, that's got to be in America, eh? No, that's so New Zealand, I, man. <laughs> that's a New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, dude. New Zealand, man. That's just I don't know. These are these are all based on uh, people that named their baby a certain thing, and then uh, the authorities were like, "No." So so far in New Zealand, yeah. you can't say Adolf Hitler, anal, or mafia. No fear for your baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm moving countries. This is crap. <laughs> yeah, this is bullshit. <laughs> this is not freedom of speech. All right, man. Here we go. One more. All right, let's do a couple more. IKEA. IKEA. Oh man, that's crazy. That what Sweden? You would think, but actually it's your pals down under in Australia. You're not allowed to name your baby what's, IKEA. What's wrong with IKEA? That's not even a it's not even like a problem, is it really? It's like calling your, your kid Nike or Adidas. I don't know. Man. I, I I need to be careful because actually like outside of the United States, Australia is one of the main countries that listen to this podcast. So yeah. but hey man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it is a ah. shitty baby name. I'd be pissed if my parents named me, named me IKEA, and I grew yeah, up. I'd be yeah. like, "Fuck my parents!" All right, <laughs> all right. Here's 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 a tough one, and I uh, I'll give you a hint, man. This one isn't Australia or New Zealand. Uh, it's illegal to name your baby Facebook in this country. Oh, China, Mexico. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, he's just like, what the? Heck? All right, how about this one, dude? Uh, you, you might be able to guess this one. Uh, you're not a little. <laughs> you're not allowed to name your baby Prime Minister in what country? <laughs> in the UK. <laughs> Once again, no, it's your pals down go. under, man. <laughs> in Australia, they don't let you name your baby Prime Minister. How do you? Well, I suppose it'd be quite cool, actually. You could call all your kids, like, the cabinet, you know, the full cabinet. Of, uh, so you got the deputy prime minister, prime minister. <laughs> no, that'd be quite funny. All right. Uh, last one. And this one, I feel like this is the hardest. This is, like, the trick one. There's a country where you're not allowed to name your daughter Sarah. Sarah? I can't think, why, I can't think of anybody evil or Sarah. Um Nah, I've no idea on that one. Morocco. What? No Sarahs in Morocco. That's what they say. No. <laughs> hey man, the internet no. doesn't lie. Yeah, oh, you know it. Yeah, no, it's truth. We're fucking killing it now, dude. So, <laughs> like, hey, let's let's uh let's do let's uh cross some cultural barriers real quick before we get into the art. And go for it. All right, let's see let's see what's trending in New Zealand. It says here, hundreds of protesters are in the streets demanding that the government acknowledge that Carl Urban is the most underrated actor in Hollywood. Uh, as an artist and a New Zealander yourself, what do you think? Is Carl Urban underrated? Um, 
it's it's good. Yeah, I, I like him in the the boys. That was that's a brilliant seat. Did you watch that, The Boys? Yeah. Dude, I watch everything Carl Urban does, dude. I'm a yeah, Carl yeah, Urban no, he's wicked. He's brilliant. Like, because he's got a good, um, to me, you know, he's got a good dark com- comedic, comedic humor as well. Um, it works really well. I'd, and plus, he can be a hard, you know, it can be a hard case and stuff as well. Um, so, you know, yeah, definitely. I would say Carl Urban. But he's doing good. I don't see why he's did Judge Stroud and he's done other stuff. But, uh, yeah, he hasn't done really any full, you know, he hasn't been in a He's a doing really good. Thing. I feel like The Boys was like the one big, like, Carl Urban's the, uh, he gets that, yeah, that the, lead yeah. character thing. The other guy's from New Zealand as well. The other lead, the... Um, Captain, you know the the main guy, the main hero. Oh, I didn't know he was from New Zealand as well. That's yeah, amazing. They're both from yeah. New Zealand, dude. Yeah, right, yeah. Shout out New Zealand for bringing us a bunch of great talent, man. Yeah, I know it's bizarre. <laughs> right? You've got your, and you've also got Taika Waititi, who's who's absolutely smashing it with Star Wars and all the other stuff. And then you've got the yeah. Flight of the Concord guys who are smashing it over there as well. Oh, I mean, yeah, since forever, man. I fucking I fucking love those guys, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's good. They, the it's it's a good brand of comedy that they do. You know, it's um, yeah, it, it's very because I'm a, I'm I'm British originally, and it's it's it crosses. You know, it, 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 their comedy crosses a lot of boundaries. It's tongue in cheek, dark and funny. You know, yeah, that's good. I love that. So, it, it, it was so long ago, but it never I never forgot it when they first came out and they did that that TV show and they had that like music video. And he's like, he's like, you're so beautiful. You could be a waitress. It's <laughs> yeah. 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 really hilarious, dude. Oh, oh right. I was in business time. It's business time. <laughs> Got my socks on. <laughs> no, no, no. Ready for bed. Yeah. So there's right. some brilliant ones. In other news, what's trending in New Zealand? It says here that uh, New Zealand has finally outlawed conversion therapy so first of all congratulations new zealand for doing that uh so it's finally safe for the men of new zealand to ask one of the most important questions of our time who is sexier russell crowe from gladiator or carl urban from lord of the rings and i want to ask you is that a common debate in new zealand Nah, i don't think um i think most kiwis and don't even associate with um, Russell Crowe as such because he doesn't. Uh, he left here when he was really young. Um, he was born here, but he moved to Australia. Anybody who do defects to Australia um, generally gets gets wiped off the annals of history. <laughs> right. You heard it here first. Uh, Russell Crowe, <laughs> you're gone. It's Carl Urban. Yeah. This is um, the Carl Urban. Not, yeah. Uh, Carl Urban. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. I feel like I've crossed the cultural divide. Uh, so let's get into it, man. Uh, when did you start creating sculptures? Um, really? Well, it was like when I was about 16 years old or something like that. I remember living in Scotland at the time and um, we're um, at school. I'd, we had a course. Well, we had a, a class and it was doing, um, well, it was an art class and we were working with clay. And this was probably about, geez, it'd be 1988 or 1989 or something like that. And um, they said, oh, you can make anything you want. And so I had a play, I was having a play with it and things. And I thought, I'm going to make a zombie, as you do when you're about sort of 14, something like that. And so I did like this, I just did like a zombie bust, which is just the shoulders and the head. 
And so it was on its side and half the face, it was like Terminator kind of thing where half the face had all come off and it was all just bone and things like that. But then the other side was like, you know, flesh and things. And um, But I got loads of detail into it and, then, and the rest and the other kids and stuff that were in the class and that, they were all like, wow, that's amazing. How much detail? And I was like, ch- I was chuffed to pieces, you know, with how, how well it looked. And um, so we fired it, which means when you, you put it in a kiln that gets to about a thousand degrees and it, and, it, and it solidifies the clay, makes it become um, like stone. Oh, ceramic and um my mum and dad have still got that in scotland they've got it in their uh they've got it in the garden and um yeah and i just and i always did that and then i never got to do any more sculpture um until um i finally met my wife sort of about 2002 at a music festival over in uh in britain and after a year of us being together well actually after a year um we got married and then like we're together for about uh, nine years then we said let's go to new zealand let's let's just go do it this was during the global financial meltdown and like jobs were hard to come by in britain and things and i said come on let's just restart and go to and so, so we've moved over here and um there was a little art shop well not an art shop a, a group uh wahiki arts village and they had a clay um place and you just paid 50 bucks for the year to go and use these studio and go do artwork and i I had my second go uh, with clay because I always remembered and really enjoying doing it. And, um, and yeah, and I started making a piece and I made like this Roman, uh, Roman head and shoulders. Um, and it came out absolutely perfect. I was really blown and like, I'd done it over like a week or something like that. And a few of the other guys, a few of the other artists came in and said, how, you know, how long have you been working on that? And I started, it's taken me about a week. And said, Jesus, he said, you've really moved fast. And I said, well, I don't know, because I've never really based it on, because it's like one of my first ones or such, other than the, the zombie. I don't know how long things, you know, usually stuff takes like that. And like, they were really taken aback. And I was like, oh, maybe I've got a skill in this. And um, and yeah, and we fired it and it came out perfect and, and it looked really good. And that was it. Yeah, that was my first introduction to sculpting was using using clay and things. And clay was just a, such a great form. Um, and it's good if you, because I've suffered from uh, is it, uh, depression and things like that. It's uh, very good to reuse it with clay because it takes your mind away from things. You get engrossed within the clay. Um, it's really therapeutic. And it's, um, yeah, and it, it it gets you out of that circle, that bad circle of thought thing, you know, and that just keeps you hammering you down. So it was therapy. It was good therapy as well as doing the artwork itself as well. Yeah. And so that was the really the start. Actually, I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that, like that you started with clay because you know, what I've seen of yours is, uh, is your metal work. And, and I guess it kind of leads me to another question I wanted to ask is you do like a lot of, you know, these really impressive sculptures that you're doing right now are oftentimes uh animals and yeah and i guess like the way i want to put it really is just like where do you draw your inspiration uh from when you're starting a new project um well i so my dad we lived in yorkshire uh, originally um what a place called wakefield and there's a lot of um it's funny they quite uh, wakefield Dewsbury, and bradford are quite um industrial country uh, part of the country so we it was mainly coal mines and things like that was that was there but it was really odd because there's quite a few good you know decent artists that came out there like there's henry moore and um, barbara hepworth damien damien hurst he came from he comes from dewsbury 
um, David Hockney. He comes from Bradford. Like, so there's this hub of all these uh, people. I don't know if it's because they're breaking away from the doldrums because there was nothing much to do. So it's like, you know, they'd inject themselves to try and do, well, in, into doing some sculpture or artwork to sort of escapism of that awful place to live, to live in. Or yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and they've kind of gone out of that. And so for me, um, my dad's a watercolour artist and, and things, and it was always uh, drawing and painting animals and stuff. And he used to he used to sell his paintings out the back of his car um, down at the pub so that he could get his money so he could have more drinks and food and shit. <laughs> and, so, and, yeah. I, um, and so, yeah, I kind of got, got pulled in with that, and I used to do a little bit of painting with him and things. And then when we moved to Scotland, because my dad's a keen hunter, um we decided to move up there and we've got the they moved into this little cottage and it was self it was kind of like we loved we, we grew our own vegetables and um my dad did he had a bit of land for shooting on and and things like that so we kind of looked after ourselves and things and i used to go out hunting with my dad and i'd you know pick up inspiration of seeing different animals and i but i wasn't really bothered about you know shooting stags and you know other things like that i'd kind of like just really in, enjoyed the, the hunt getting up to the point and seeing it and then just seeing you know seeing the movement and seeing what they do and in their own environment and so i picked up a lot of that and it's kind of just stuck with me um my dad used to take me out foraging when i was a kid as well and he'd like take me out and show me you know what mushrooms you can eat and what you can and what vegetables you know like on the land that you can dig out and eat and um, where birds lay their eggs and things so i was always naturally interest i'm always naturally interested and under you know where things live and how they would move within that environment and so that's kind of where it all comes from um yeah and it is only of late i've gone back into probably only in the sort of last three years i've gone back into animals you know making animal sculpture because yeah end of the day it's like you know they're they've evolved to look freaking awesome the body and movement and stuff like that we all we all identify you know um in some way with an animal in that like you know a bull is strong and it's got beautiful lean lines it's got that absolutely you know a, a, a truly fit bull has got that beautiful shape down its back it's it's like what men are trying to attain by getting that muscle growth. You know, they want that big chest little thin freaking yeah, <laughs> ab, ab area and it's like it's already there. There's a ball that does that shit naturally. So I just pull on that really. Um, yeah. And that's kind of, yeah. and like, you know, for me, like, dude, I, I'm an animal lover, like for sure. Mm. You know what I mean? And like, I do, I, I respect for sure. Like people that, uh, and I have so many friends and so many people that have been on this podcast that are like are hunting, you know, hunters, especially there's been a lot of bow hunters that have come on here, yeah. but I respect like, you know, if you're going to like, if you're gonna fucking eat it, if you're gonna clean it and yep. eat it and do it all yourself and it's and it's done ethically and all that shit, I do have to, but I have to shout out, man. It's probably nothing in the world that infuriates me more is uh trophy hunters that uh yeah. in, uh you know, especially endangered species. Uh and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go down that road, but you just made me think about it, man, because you know they, we were talking about the beauty of animals, but we were also talking about hunting, and they're two different worlds, you know. Like there's a there's a hunter that's uh you know like where you're you're going out and you're hunting and you're going to eat your food and like do that thing yeah and then there's like uh like you know scumbags like the like donald trump's kids going out and like shooting a fucking yeah. elephant yeah. you know 
because <laughs> yeah, my mate did it and I want a bigger head, you know? Uh, I want like to show on the wall. I know what you mean. It's, it's yeah. And that's, my, my dad's always, like, <laughs> my dad always taught, brought me up in that way that he'd respect, you know, you respect the animal first before you, you know, you, before you killing anything like that. Understand what you're, you're shooting. Do it at the right season, you know? Because yeah, it might, you might be shooting a, a female and she's got a little, you know, got a fawn. So that's going to go yeah. off and freaking die in the, the woods. You know, so it's all this understanding about about what's what's happening. And don't, you know, don't go over the top. You know, just take what you what you need. There's no point in taking shitloads. Jesus, it just rots yeah, away. Yeah. And you're not going to eat it. Yeah. So I guess you know the only reason I'm I'm I think what it is right now. I'm a little fired up because here in the, here in the states, there's an issue with uh we did a lot of rewilding, uh, getting wolves back into their mm. natural habitats, and they're you know they're an important part of the environment. But you got all these fuck these people uh, going out. And they kill the wolves, and it's not even for it's not even for sport. It's just yeah. for like pure bloodlust. That shit is the yeah. kind of I can't abide by, man. And uh, and, no, and grizzly no. bears. I know you guys probably don't have grizzly bears where you live, but they're a beautiful animal. Yeah. And then you know, and they're you know, you kill one grizzly bear, like their population isn't that big, so it's like it's a significant no, yeah. blow to their. Uh, yeah. Anyway, man, so I'm, so I'm I'm getting depressing, man. Like we're here to talk about no, no, sculpture. No, no, I understand, and it's it's a good it's a good topic, mate. It's it's really good. You know, like um, in some ways, though, yeah, to understand that, and, and then with like going back to my art kind of thing here, but I've been making these um, like with the trophy head things. Um, I'm trying to dispel people a little bit off of it um, in the way that what I've been doing is like most deer, they well, all deer, uh, the males, they drop their, they drop their antlers after the, after the season. Um, so you can get some beautiful antlers out there and go and pick them up. And so what I've been doing is um, I've actually been carving the full skull out of wood, uh, but making it really nicely designed. So then you, people can just get the antlers, you know, and then we can, you know, we can fix them on there and they look and it's a it's a balance for the wood because a lot of women just don't want freaking dead dead heads all around the house everywhere like that. So it's actually like you know it's something that's aesthetically pleasing for her as well as him. Um, so I'm I'm trying I'm trying to do some of that, and that's actually going off okay. It started um, a couple of the uh, hunting companies around here are interested in starting to stock them and things like that. So yeah, there's other ways, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's just like fuck now the. Yeah, they've got no idea, you know, a lot a lot of people, some people aren't, they're probably even, you know, just because their mate shot one, now I want one and I want a bigger one. And so, yeah, yeah they go onto, the, onto these blocks where a lot of the, like over here, we have stags and stuff that have been reared up to be really bulky and big. And they'll get, they're already, they're, a lot of them are hand-fed and stuff, and they'll get brought into that area, into that field, you know, and they'll be, oh, we're going hunting. And they take it, there's, there's one around here somewhere. <laughs> and then they, they go and blow it away, and it's like, Jesus Christ, that's not even like, that's not fair. It's not even a, yeah, yeah, it's not it's, sport. It's, yeah, that's dude, not sport. That's not a fucking sport, man. That's, no. that's, <laughs> that's bullshit. Hold up. It's time to check the mailbag. Every week on the show, we check the mailbag to see if anyone has written a message in the show, and then we try to uh, you know, answer or respond to uh, any messages that may have come in. Okay, uh, first message comes from Bone Idol. 
Bone Idol wrote, <clears throat> Can dogs look up? Parentheses. While standing flat on all four paws, no Google in parentheses. All right. Well, guess what? I don't need Google for this. I have a dog. Ella, come here. Good girl. All right. Look, look up at me. Look up. All right. Hell yeah. Uh, the answer is yes. Dogs can look up. Thanks for writing into the show, Bone Idol. And I hope I answered your question. Moving on, we have a message from a friend of the show, Angelo, and he wrote, <clears throat> should I take red or blue pill? Great question. And if you're anything like me, you love being told that you asked a great question. Uh, the official standpoint from my Visa My Own podcast is that uh, The Matrix was, in fact, a perfect movie. And each subsequent sequel was significantly worse and worse as it went along. And, uh, shit, I don't know. I'll, the other thing is, uh, red pill is also like some kind of like slang for neo-Nazis now. So I would avoid, uh, ever saying you've been red pilled unless you're like, you know, down with the Aryan Brotherhood. Anyway, I hope this answered your question, Angelo. Thanks for writing the show. Okay, we have time for one more question. This comes from uh, Daniel at Bitcoin. <clears throat> Hello, living soul. I was going through your page, and you have some clean pics. I see y'all rocking the hood. Listen, I've been working on a huge project with some of the top business executives in America. And from what I'd see here, there's a business proposal for you. Hit me up. And can give you some more information. That sounds super cool, Daniel. But I have to tell you that my dog, Ella, has actually already originated a cryptocurrency called Fuckfartcoin. And several NFTs. Also, she's a crypto coach. So like, if you need help navigating the crypto world, you actually can just... Uh, send money to my dog and then she will like coach you possibly but usually she only wants to go for walks or like do cool and fun stuff and look i don't want to depress you daniel but ella doesn't really think much about your cryptocurrency strategy and she thinks that fuck fart coin is going straight to the moon and when I first picked her up from the Humane Association, she told me two things. She said, my views of my own podcast is going to be a, a great and amazing podcast. And that uh, Fuck Fart Coin would probably outdo Bitcoin someday. So, I mean, who saved who? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyway, I hope that answers your question. And now back to the interview. All right, man. <laughs> Moving on to more some art stuff, dude. Uh, and this is actually, this is, I think that a lot of people are going to be really fascinated by this because, you know, uh, when you see your art and try to imagine how it's done. Uh, can you pick one of your favorite sculptures and tell me the process from starting with uh, gathering the materials all the way through to the finished product? Just, just. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Probably actually, like it's funny because every time I make one, I always think that oh, this is the best one I've done, and I, I, I and which is a good thing as well because um, for each each of those clients, it's like yeah, he's, he's getting better. But I do honestly think that um, like this, the last one I did was the owl. I did like a long-eared owl, and yeah, yeah amazing, I, I, I've been dying to make that for quite some time. And um, the a little a little go back is that. Um, I use a lot of recycled good, recycled wares and stuff because there's, there's no point in buying a lot of the brand new stuff. It's for, for, for a starter, it's really expensive anyway. And if it's you know if it's a fraction of the price, uh, fraction of the price to buy the uh, to get the well buy the recycled goods and um, or pick it up and stuff, then go for it. And a lot of it's got good character in it. You know, it might already be patinaed, which means it's like aged a bit. So for me, I'm using a lot of copper. So the copper might um, already have um, started building up a, a verdigris, a patina, which is when um, you get any acids on it. So natural acids like, uh, geez, what could, you could actually pee on it and it'd start going green. But um, natural acids like um, vinegar, anything like that, if you put on it, it starts to, it'll start to verdigris and it can go like green or it might go um, blue. And so when you see a monument or anything like that and you go to a town and sometimes you'll see that it's usually blue on the top and it's, you know, it's dripping down. And basically what that is, is because when birds go on and they'll crap on the heads and stuff and eventually the water starts streaming down and it causes that, causes that chemical change and you get this blue, um, blue colouring. And, and it's only a surface thing. It's, it's actually growing on there. It's a, actually a natural, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a natural sort of chemical that's on there. So yeah, so can I, uh, can I interrupt you for all, one second for like just a on, clarification on, on like what words mean? And obviously that you know I've heard the word patina before. Yeah. I've always kind of thought it meant rust, and I've also I've heard the word verdigris before. But yeah, like is there any way maybe you could like clarify a little bit kind of more what those words mean because they're not yeah, super yeah, familiar verdi- words to a lot of people. Yeah, ver- uh, patina. Um, is basically, it's, I don't even know where that word comes from, but I know that verdigris sounds very French um, and gris, you know, it, so I think that is a, a French word for, it's like the build-up and the colour of, um, that you get on metals. So there's certain metals, various metals like um, brass, copper, uh, I don't think gold, I don't think you can actually taint gold at all. Um, there's, yeah, brass and copper and other things like that that, that actually, um, if you add a acid to it, say um, natural acids, it actually it starts to grow a a blue colour on top, um, and that's the verdigris. You'll see it a lot at the beach as well. You'll, you'll probably see a, a lot of things down there that say if there's a any metal, um, you'll get this patterning on, and you get like streams of colours. Exactly what you said. You can get that rusting that comes down. It's dripping down. It just gives it real character. Yeah. Yeah. The rust is actually, you know, that will actually eat through the metal. Um, verdigris or patina and only sits on top of the metal. It's, you know, it just um, it just holds on top of there. It can be rubbed off. It's It can be wiped off. Um, if you use a, a clear coat uh, of spray or something like that, you can actually adhere it and, you know, and it'll hold onto there. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what it is. But a lot of these foundries and things, they will uh, force the patina because it can take decades to build up that colour, the blues and things like that, and the greens on there. It takes it can take a long, long time. 
but you can actually speed up the process um, using vinegars and the vinegar on top of it, and then um, and put putting it in a box, say. So then the air inside it is filling with the gases. So it's it's actually you know it's imbuing into the into the copper. So that's it, really. Yeah, I don't. Spanish trivia. Cool. Uh, no, uh, I'm I'm perfectly fine with knowing that it just means uh, a chemical reaction that I will never understand, but I can at least appreciate oh. the beauty of. So that's all that really matters. <laughs> and I, so, and, I, and I, I I interrupted you in the in the middle of the process just to ask you those two words. And I'm sorry about that, man. So yeah, no, no, that's all good, mate. Because um, yeah, because I don't really. I'm I honestly, I'm. Because um, I was made redundant two years ago from engineering, and um, I'm still learning. And I'm just basically, you know, I, I pick the odd book up and things, or I'll just, I'll will just, um, I will just play and then find out what happens. So anyway, so with <laughs> the owl, um, yeah, I'd, I, what, how I would start that off on 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 that piece, I, how did I do it? I had, um, I had an old water heater um, that you could get. You overheat. You probably have them over there as well. But in 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 houses, we heat up all the water, and it's in the copper. It's inside of like a massive copper copper. Um, oh, what would you call it? It's a copper barrel as such. It's, it's all encased, and then um, in it's because copper is a really good conductor, and you put the put um, insulation around it to keep the heat. And so I, I got one of those first, and it's it's cylindrical and it's curved on the ends, both ends. So I chopped that up, and um, and then I started making the body of the the owl. So what I did was I chopped the top of the water heater, and it's basically a circle with a bit of a um, like a dome shape. And uh, I could see if I did a little cut halfway down the center. And in a little V V cut, I could actually crush it and collapse it. So if you ever go and have a look at that owl, it's just one big circle that I've just um, I've just put a V cut in it, and then I pushed and pushed it together, and that became the wings. Um, and then after that, I could start filling in for the body, and so I started putting in um, cutting up bit partial pieces of sheet in segments to go up the body. I have to ask again, man, just to jump in. Uh, in the in this process because uh, everyone's creative process is different and uh like i used to make a lot of visual art i i actually uh dropped off for a long time but all these like uh jackasses making nfts these days kind of got me back in the back in the game uh but but uh for me oftentimes like when i was creating art uh, a lot of times like when i you know if i would just say i was doing a sketch you know pen to paper uh yeah. i didn't i didn't know what i was gonna make when i oh, started yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, i want to know like is yeah. that for you like do you, do you ever start out and you're like i don't know what i'm gonna make i'm gonna find out along the way or do you like as an engineer you know i know you've had that like shit is it like do you actually in your mind you've already got a whole concept and you know what it's gonna look like when it's done nah um i do and i don't like that was a commission somebody had asked me to make that um owl for them so um all i did i just went online and then looked at you know, I looked at long-eared owls and looked, looking at different. Look, got printed off a lot of pictures of um of the owl from looking round the back of it, looking at the head, you know, certain features and and looking at a nat- what I feel is a natural pose as such. You know, that looks looks significant. And um, so yeah, I, got, I 
So I printed, ended up printing off three pieces of paper, uh, side view, um, front view, and then and the, mainly for the head as well. And then that was it, yeah. And then just worked from there. And uh, I know if I can get the, for me, if I can get the head right, um, get the details on that, then everything follows. It's like, because if you don't get the eye, if you don't get the eyes right on something, it just falls apart for me. It just looks shit. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I try and put as much effort into that part as well as as anything else. But no, you're totally right as well, mate. I am like with clay using in that medium. Sometimes I didn't. I'd just like squish around a few pieces of clay with my hands, and I go, "Wow, that could be like the arm of a robot." And then it just goes from there, you know, and you start making something else. Um, but yeah, I've I've done that. Um, many a time actually where it's just come out of thin air and just just pl- and then you just riff it must be like music yeah. oh cool yeah so they riff that's, well, that's what i was curious is uh because like uh, you know because i know you have a, a background in engineering you know where things need to be precise and i was wondering if like if sometimes you, you take that to yeah. your art where you're like you know uh, in your mind you have you know and you have a des- design in your mind where you're like i'm specifically you know this is going to be a certain number of centimeters or yeah. whatever and yeah. Or is it like you're like, no, nah, I'm going to just find my way through this and it's going to become what it's going to become. Is that kind of more, does that make more sense? And I look at it and I go, do the proportions look right? You know, I've got to, I don't measure and measure and, you know, and everything like that. I, yeah. And I don't, yeah, you're right. I, I don't even, yeah, I don't even measure. Um, like I said to the guy for this owl, for instance, you know, I said, oh, I'll make it big. You know, it's like, like long-eared owls are quite big anyway. I said, and so, once I've made the head, um, everything else had to be in proportion to that head. You know, it's got to be. You can't, you can't go back on it. So, so you're just like following the vibe because yeah, that's what because you have big. You know, the owl is very beautiful. It's a cool, cool piece. There, you have some, you have some larger pieces. Yeah. Obviously, that uh, very large. I'm assuming is it a marlin or a swordfish? Maybe. Swordfish, yeah, yeah, no, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, striped marlin, a blue, uh, striped marlin. Yeah, and so, but it's you know it's yeah, a very so it's a very big was... piece. And I saw you did another piece. It was a stag, also very big. And I was curious, like, so that's what I was curious is like, yeah, yeah. Is you are you just going through that, like, just uh, just following? You're just you know, I don't even know how to put it, but you know, when you're an artist, sometimes you're you're guided yeah, by your my, art, like my inch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the like, intuition you, kind of thing. You, like, of what you didn't you didn't bring out a bunch of fucking uh, rulers and uh, like compasses and shit, being like, "No, nah, the perfect angle is this. The perfect measurement nah. is this." You're like, "No, nah, you, you, nah. did, you did all that just basically like basically freehand." I, I guess is the one way to put it. I guess yeah, yeah, no, totally. It. And then like, because I think the other thing is that because working in uh, engineering, you're quite restricted, as you say. Like you're working down to millimeters, and you, you know, and all that. Like, and I, I think that was the beautiful breakaway to do artwork it's like you don't have to you're not confined by figures and blah 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 you just do what's what you feel is natural and what what flows and generally that is the word flow it's like it does when it flows it flows you can like if i've got that head right and stuff you can just uh, like i'll make a bit of a curve um down say that the backbone or something and you go whoa i can feel that you know you you just know it's working correctly um I've seen other. I've got other mates that I've brought into it and said, "Look, do you want to help me build this um, this deer?" Because I know I'll buzz off it watching them when I when when we start making something. They go fuck, and they come to a point. They're like, "Fuck, that looks fucking mean ass. It looks awesome, <laughs> you know." And I just buzz off them because I can see that it's fulfilling for them. Um, and 
yeah, it's, it's such a great, great way. Yeah, it's such a great, cool thing. About like about the Marlin, uh, how, how yeah. big was it? It's, it's a big sculpture and it's made, you know, it's made out of metal. Yeah, yeah, it's that's huge. About, it's about 3.5 meters long, that one. Um, oh, what's, that, really what's that in American? That. <laughs> uh, 3.5 meters. Jesus, I'm six foot. So it'll be about, it'll be about 12 foot. Holy shit, you converted that? That's amazing. Are you in feet? Yeah, that's what's really amazing to me about uh, <laughs> people in countries that do metric shit and they bothered to learn how to yeah. do uh, American customary measurements. Because, like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, uh, the, yeah, I'm about yeah. the real question behind that was not like asking if you could, if you could convert to customary. The question was, though, like, when you got done and like that's an enormous piece uh were you like did you i mean do you have a oh, moment yeah, yeah. where you looked at it and you said holy shit this is proportional and it looks right and it looks just like a marlin like yeah. do, you, do you get surprised by your the own first work? ones yeah all the time and that's buzz that is the buzz like because you can't see you're you're um yeah, you, you're pushing yourself aren't you you know what i mean it's like fuck it's like everybody loves that it's like, you know, oh, I didn't know I could play football or whatever. Not that I play football, but I didn't know I was good at that, you know, and, it, and it's that buzz. It's like reaffirming yeah. that, fuck, yeah, I'm, I am meant to be here. I'm doing something good here. <laughs> and it's like, so, yeah, when you do something extra like that, it's just like, fuck, yeah, and I just buzz off of it. And it's just such a great feeling. And then the best feeling after that is seeing the person or if I've made something for, for somebody, seeing them see the same thing. It's like, you can't get any better link than that. It's like, wow. They fucking they can see the the cool movement of that, and then they're really chuffed with it. And it's like, yeah, it's such a great thing. Um, but yeah, no, but the, for the different for the stag and for the for big big pieces, what I usually do is I'll just draw it out on the concrete in my shed. Um, like you know, just draw a silhouette, like with like chalk or something. That. Yep, just get some chalk, big piece of chalk, just draw it, sketch it. Because then what you can do is you can get your steel or your copper or whatever, and you can lay it against your lines, and you can just bend it round it. So you've got your main, then you've got your main part. Then you've got your body, your leg. You know, you've got, you got the main body and stuff, and the main bit of it. And then you just build out from that. You know, you make it into three D, and that's that's it essentially. It's not um, there's nothing magical or anything like that. A lot of other people, a lot of other sculptors, generally they will. It seems to me that everybody's going to core 10 steel, which is like a, a steel that looks rusty and it, and they get it all laser cut, you know? And, and, and for me, I've got to get my hands on material. I don't, I've, I've worked in that environment in, in engineering and I'm, I don't want any more. And that's so everything I do is we use with hands and, and, you know, and hammers. I might even use the lamppost out in the street. Uh, me and my mate get round it and bend some pieces of steel around it. Go in the shed, get on the freaking vice, bend it round that. I, I just got to do it. It's a, it's a feeling. I can't help but uh, have to add, go back one moment. And I know you know you got this history of engineering. I know you're a man of science, you know. But when you said it's not magic, <laughs> man, do you truly believe that? You don't believe there's some magic in there, like a little. You don't believe there's a little spark of magic in there, like something you just don't understand. Yeah, um, I think no, but I'm, I think I'm. It's, about, cool, like, it's cool if you don't, man. Like you, you don't have to be like me. Not... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I think I think with um, 
Yeah, what I'm trying to say is it's it's probably well, yeah. It's, oh, maybe I, maybe it's because I I'm doing it and I don't realise. But um, like with the sketching and stuff, it's it's not. Oh yeah, it is hard, isn't it? You can't really say that because it, it, yeah, when you've got to know the animal and stuff, and then be able to sketch it, I suppose. But it's just um, yeah. Once you've like for me, I think it's not. No, it doesn't feel hard to be able to do that to draw it, sketch it out, and then go in that direction. You know, and then and then using the pipe and stuff like that over the top. But yeah, probably I'm a, I've gone a little bit OTT with that. Really, <laughs> I just I just wanted to add because for me, man, a lot of times like with art, a lot of times I'm like, there's a piece in there where I'm like, well, yeah, that part was magic. I have no explanation and no idea how that happened, and so that's for me. But no, there's nothing wrong with like. For you, like yeah. when you're like you're like you're, you're like no, I know exactly how I created what I created. So <laughs> yeah, but sometimes I think the thing is like the magic is such like when we're going back to like yeah, I look you know like I'm got to a certain point. I'm like wow, that's fucking awesome. It's like um, I'll have, say done the leg or something like that, and it just looks right. But it, inside your head, you know what it you know you kind of know what you want, but you don't realize how good it's gonna look when you've done it afterwards and then that's the buzz. It's like fucking hell, you know, it's like it's it's reaffirming. Um yeah. so I do, so that's I think that's it and it's, yeah, in that sense as well. Cause like you know that um I sent you a picture of that skateboarder that he was yeah. um, and I'm, I made him out of because I listened to your last podcast and you escape <laughs> skateboarders and stuff and and I thought I'll send you that because um, I made that out of ceramic and then I made the I made the board out of uh, bamboo and that like to me was magic because I'd never really I'd never worked uh, I'd not worked with it's so interesting you were, you were bring up uh, skateboarding and like when I when I brought that up about the magic. And that's because like with my history with that sport and it's not like, I mean, I'm sure that people in all kinds of sports have that moment where they're like, they have no idea how they did a thing. Uh, but with skateboarding, there have been moments, especially when I was younger and I could take harder hits and I could, uh, and I could heal from broken bones faster. And I would, you know, throw myself down some pretty big shit and big sets of stairs. <laughs> you know what a lot of it was to me felt like magic because what I would do is, I would go as fast as I could. And the best advice I ever got from another skateboarder was when I was young, because like I was like afraid to uh, ollie down a gap. And he was like, well, man, the only trick is go fast and don't be scared. And that's, and ultimately you are yeah. at that moment in time, you're just believing in magic because you're believing you're going to land and roll away. And some of the best things that I've ever done with skateboarding, especially big oh, things, yeah. things were like, you know, things where I really could have fucked myself up. What it, what I did is I went fast. I didn't get scared. Yeah, I believed in magic, and you know it occurred. So that's you know, but you but what is magic, right? Yeah. <laughs> Before we get to the lightning round, here's a, a question I wanted to ask really quick. And it's, hypothetically, if you were given unlimited resources and space to create a massive work of art, what would you build? What would I build? See, well, I I wouldn't mind doing. Um, I'd like to do an underwater feature thing, like um, oh, yeah, you know, like uh, yeah, you know, like um, you, have you ever seen? I don't know. Do you get starlings in uh, America? Is it a Star bird? Birds, like a starling. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and you, you'll have seen it. Yeah, 
I'm familiar because of the uh, they... from Agent Starling from uh, Lord of the Rings or not Lord of the Rings, fucking uh, Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> brain slip, dude. Yeah, yeah, Agent Starling. <laughs> yeah, but because um, when they go to roost, you might have seen it with other birds, but when they go to roost on a nighttime, they all get congregate together. There's masses amounts of them in the sky. Have you ever seen? You've seen on nature programs when there's a massive bait ball of fish. And then, you know, and then you get every other fish that comes in and feeds off that bait, bait ball. You get all the predators, and you get yeah. like the yeah, and you get the whale comes up through. I'd love to do something like that. That'd be a massive bait ball, and then just shitloads of fish just going in for the you know, and and maybe even gannets coming in through the top, smashing it from the top. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just everything. <laughs> yeah, that'd oh, be dude. cool. Yeah, it's set that, that would, set it in like a best. set it in glass too. And just put it like in a in a square, like as public art. I'd want nah, I'd, I'd I'd want it so people can get involved, get in that bait ball, have a look in, you know, right up the center of it. So it's like really open in the oh, center. Yeah. yeah, and then there's the fish going around it. Get some lights in it as well. So then on a night time, it's all lit up. So from that center of that bait ball, all the lights are just coming out through all the fish and stuff. It'd just be epic. It'd look like um, it'd look like under the sea if you could imagine, because all of all the um, shadows and stuff when the light's coming through that bait ball it'd be like getting the little reflections on the top of the water or the shards of light that come out from the water it looked cool that sounds fucking awesome <laughs> Brooklyn, <laughs> i have to tell you man it's dangerously close to the lightning round now i gotta oh, tell yeah. you man the lightning round it's the craziest part of any podcast you've ever heard no i'm just kidding. but no but it is uh, it's the game part of the podcast. This is where I ask you questions super fast. You have to answer as quickly as possible. You don't think about it. Gut reactions only. Uh, but I do have a feeling you're going to win. Are you ready to play? Go for it. All right. We'll start off with, a, with an easy one and get progressively harder. What animal have you not sculpted yet that you want to? Cheetah. Hell yeah. Cheetahs are fucking awesome, dude. All right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right. I I think we foreshadowed this a little bit, but I'm going to ask anyway. If you could bring your sculptures to life, would you rather do it with artificial intelligence and robotics or with magic? <laughs> oh, uh, how the hell would you do the magic? Yeah, if magic's real, yeah, we'll go with magic. Hell yeah, that's the correct answer. All right, this is going to be this is an extraordinarily difficult question because, first of all, you're going to have to guess what I think, and also somehow know the answer <laughs> to this. So it's going to be pretty hard. Uh, guess my favorite horror movie filmed in New Zealand. Uh, what we oh, did in the shadows. That's a really good guess, but actually, I'm going to give you a hint because it wasn't fair. So here's the hint. It was filmed in New Zealand, but the uh, the plot of the movie says that it that it takes place in Alaska. Oh, um, fuck! Oh, I'll give you another hint. Days of night. Thirty days of night. Oh. Okay. First of all, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. You have. uh, I don't even have to ask you the rest of the questions. You have been the first person to truly win a lightning round. That's a hard question. That's a really fucking hard question, dude. So, <laughs> cool, man. 
But yeah, I'm gonna ask you the rest anyway. I'm gonna say that you, cool just, you got the golden ticket, so you've already made it to you won the lightning round. But I want to ask the rest anyway, just for fun. Uh, <laughs> what is your favorite sculpture that isn't one that you made? Uh, shit. There's a guy. There's a guy called um, God. What's it now? Casey. Casey Parley, and he's from um, California, and he's we're on a similar riff. He paint he um, is a sculptor as well. He uses wood for the body of animals, and he did three tiger sharks. So, but man, they're beautiful. He's used like curly redwood, I think it's called, and it's like um, uh, he, 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 it's beautiful. It's like he's done all the body out of the wood. Um, you can see all the beautiful grain on it, and then he's put the he's put bronze fins and a bronze head on it, and it's just swimming. You know, it's just swimming along. It's ah, oh, that's awesome. It's beautiful. Oh, and he's flying fish as well that he's done. Those are brilliant as well. Oh, uh, yeah. let's shout him out again. Uh, what's his name? Um, what did I say? Casey Pat, Casey Parley. Yeah, C A S E Y P A R L E double T E. I think he used to be a diver or something like that in in a you know past life, and he's just understands movement of fish and animals and things it's wicked yeah uh, shout out casey parley uh all right yeah. multiple choice this is uh this is i guess indigenous to uh the kind of sports uh on your side of the planet not over here so much but all right <clears throat> multiple choice <laughs> rugby cricket or soccer to be honest with you none of them i'm not a sports person but <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah rugby. man skateboarding <laughs> the answer is once again yeah, yeah. skateboarding everyone <laughs> everyone can do it everyone should do skateboarding it. surfing wake yeah wakeboarding yeah all that <laughs> board, board sports that's yeah that's always the answer it always is the, is the true answer yeah. all right um <laughs> <laughs> um so uh while i was inter- interviewing you i i uh made this awesome nft right here that you can see Oh yeah, and, uh, oh, that's Omega. That's Omega Eleven, isn't it? <laughs> it's Omega Red, dude. <laughs> Omega Red, yeah, yeah, man, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, do you, hey, do you want to trade it to me for one of your uh, uh, sculptures? <laughs> yeah, man, we'll do a trade. We could do a trade for that. <laughs> uh, hell yeah! You know, this is actually a collector's item. It's worth like a billion dollars. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right, but I have to ask you the most important question. Is the question everyone needs to know wants to know uh dude where can everybody check you out uh your artwork like everything you do yeah we can go on instagram um um it's at gc sculptor so it's a g-c-s-c-u-l-p-t-o-r um and same with facebook i'm a um, gc sculptor um and also my website is www.gcoaching.com and coaching c-o-l-e-c-h-i-n and there are all those ones and i'm on link linkedin as well but that's kind of like yeah business time <laughs> <laughs> all right glenn it's been a pleasure it's uh been fantastic talking to you man thank you so much cheers dude that's been awesome speaking to you as well <laughs> later man <laughs>